Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. when it comes to human rights and human relationships and uh, the situation for women and men around the world. And we have a very special guest today, Rita Henley Jensen, and um, she's just one of my favorite people in the whole world because <laughs> she came up with one of the, my most favorite websites in the world, which is Women's E! News. And if you've never had a chance to visit that, you must do so. It is, uh, uh, I, have to under, I have to explain, Rita, that my undergraduate degree is in journalism. And so I started out this life as a writer and a newspaper writer. And as the years have gone on, I've become very cranky about how cavalier we are and how inaccurate and how um, uh, casual we are about news writing in this day and age, not only content but also just you know the, the way it's written. And it is always such a breath of fresh air to visit Women's E-News because not only are the topics important and well-written and well-researched, they are done in a very professional way. So kudos to Women's E-News. Um, and uh, if you haven't had a chance to go there, please go. Uh, updates on what's happening with women and women's rights all around the world. And it's just an eye-opener. Welcome, Rita. Thank you, and thank you for your high praise. Uh, yeah. as, you know. <laughs> It's true. It's true. Um, you know, I mean, how, everything from the, as I said, everything from the the research that's done. You know, in this day and age of uh, you know what we call citizen citizen journalism, um, you know, we get used to things being kind of half-assed and uh, not necessarily well researched. Even in the major media, you know, I can't tell you how many times I'm reading a New York Times article. What I'm thinking, really, we're using these adjectives in a news story? Okay, fine. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and to read women's e-news, yes. it is just a breath of fresh air. The level of professionalism is uh, outstanding and exemplary. So well, I think again, we're going to try to download that and, and post it on our website. So good. <laughs> yes, I just I well, you know, those things it. are important. Yes, I agree. Well, you know, yeah, I, mean, I agree. A hundred percent. A hundred ninety percent. Uh, By the way, Heather, I just tweeted out to all my followers that I'm going to be on your program and gave them the phone number to call in. So let's hope some of them do. Yeah. Good, good. Well, we don't have a real rigid uh, uh, schedule of what we're going to talk about today, and uh, we don't need to, because what we're going to do is we're going to have an update on what's happening in women's situations around the world. Now, I know... One of the topics that that we've really been focusing on, um, that, you know, as far I've got the hiccups, you're gonna give me, have to forgive me here, Rita. Um, but one of, one of the topics that we've been uh, spending a lot of time on locally um, is women's um, uh, reproductive rights and what's happening with that in this country. We've seen lots of proposed legislation. We've seen lots of restrictions. We've seen lots of uh, health care-related issues, and all of them are having an impact on women and their reproductive rights. But that's just not, a, not solely a U.S. problem, is it, Rita? Uh, no, I think that's a, a global problem. And yeah. uh, it's also, I would say, it's a full-range problem. It's, you know, it's an FGM as a girl enters her adolescence. Is it the lack of sanitary napkins when a girl um, 
needs to go to school and doesn't have the resources to avoid the embarrassment and the discomfort is it uh, the lack of enforcement of uh, incest or um, uh, rape of teenagers that is the rape of teenagers is just enormous um, and and the the shame connected to uh, rape if you are the rape E rather than the rapist, uh, which is extraordinary turnabout. And then um, information about controlling your fertility uh, as soon as you need it, uh, before you need it, uh, the access to contraception, uh, treatment of sexually transmitted disease, the high rate of HIV AIDS among women in the United States, um, and <laughs> and the restriction on abortion, which reflects this lifelong attempt uh, to control re- reproductive uh, women's reproductive processes, and a lifelong neglect of the proper care and treatment of women um, and uh, uh, teens. Right, it starts in the teens, wh- wherever you are, wherever you are. Yeah. Yeah. Which actually well, you had. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Actually, well, yeah, you know what? I, it, it, I mean, it's it's like a never-ending thing. It's uh, you know what was it back in the seventies? We used to say the the uh, the the power is the political or whatever. Where where it, you know the, the reproduction is political. Reproduction is political. And, uh, you know, harking back to one of my favorite books of all time, which, you know, thankfully they have updated, is uh, For Her Own Good. Do you remember that book? No, I don't. Tell us more. Well, when I first found it, when I was nothing but a wee girl, uh, it was subtitled A Hundred Years of Advice to Women, of the Experts' Advice to Women. And they're still doing that book, and now the subtitle is 150 Years Advice of the Experts' (laughs) Advice to Women. And basically it's such a good book because it points out how what we consider best for women, what the experts consider best for women, really depends on what the political climate is. Uh, either what we want to uh, uh, enforce for, uh, um, I'm thinking back to, okay, during World War II, all of a sudden it was just fine for grandma to raise the kids. It was just fine for the kids to be in daycare because guess what? We needed those women in the factories. Boom, World War II ends. We don't want those women in the factories anymore because the men are coming back home and we have to give them back their jobs, right? And so now all of a sudden, you're just going to scar your child for life if you have somebody other than loving mama watch that child forever. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Actually, and yes. So, and while, and while you were speaking, I don't want to cut you off, but I will. Uh, <laughs> we, we have a women's history tour. We're based in New York. Uh, please find out more about it by going to our website. And the first stop is at City Hall Park where Margaret Sager, the federal courthouse used to be there, and Margaret Sager was indicted there. And she had to fled the United States because of Anthony Comstock and uh, making sure that she was indicted and the political atmosphere looked very bad, like she would be convicted and go to prison. So she fled to Canada, then England, until Comstock died a couple years later and the mood changed and she could come back and do her work. Yeah. Yeah, the political the political dictate dictates what medical, psychological, you know, I mean economic, you know, the political dictates what all those experts have to say are the best things for women. And that book is just, uh, you know, I mean, it's a classic. It's an absolute classic. Uh, And when I was very young, it was a real eye-opener for me. But in our conversation that we're having today here, what are we talking about? We're talking about the political. Political influences the day-to-day lives of women and what we think is best for women, no matter what country we're in. Um, So, you know, 
nothing has really changed. I want to throw out our phone number if you're out there and you want to join our conversation, if you have a topic about women that you want to bring up or uh, maybe even history or uh, something that's happening in other countries, 646-378-0430. That's 646-378-0430. Three zero, and also if you go to uh, the um, blogtalkradio.com/slash three women three ways, and those are digits three, not spelled out, you'll also see where you can click into our chat room. So if you don't want to do the telephone thing, you can uh, post a question or a comment in our chat room, and we can talk about that. Rita. Recently, yes. uh, as in the last couple months, I've been reading in women's e-news about things going on in um, Europe. You know, we're talking about yes. the war on women in the United States, but it looks like the European Union is not too terribly far behind. I mean, Spain has a very conservative government, and um, they're talking about uh, tightening up that country's fairly liberal abortion law. France is trying to liberalize its abortion and gender-related policies. And, um, you know, what's happening in Europe when it comes to reproductive rights? Um, Boy, uh, you're so right, and thank you. And I I want to throw in that that was uh, a, a, a reporting trip that was supported by, I believe, an Indiegogo campaign, but a social media one of those things like Kickstarter, and we mm-hmm. pitched it to the, the the people who are online, and they supported it, and we were able to send two reporters, uh, our managing editor, uh, editor Juhi Bhatia, and our staff reporter, Hajur Niali, um, to both France and Spain to take that temperature. And... We were so we were like so surprised that uh, yes, it there's the England sort of started it, but now it's taking its speed in Spain and France has more liberal rules, but women are still, especially in the rural areas have difficulty obtaining. And we focused on abortion, but you know that that's just one of the reproductive health services that we talked about at the beginning, um, mm-hmm. that that female teens and women need throughout their life. And, and well, you so, know, it seems to me that whenever we're talking, you know, we're, we are talking abortion, but it's such a bigger picture than that. And it seems to me whenever we start seeing people that want to put restrictions on abortion, you may as well plug in all those other words, birth control, you know, contraception, yes. you know, all of those other things. It seems like, um, you know, the that it, it's, it's the word abortion is interchangeable for all these other things when, in fact, it's a very different thing. Um, but yeah, we're, we're we're seeing that. So your reporters went to Spain and Europe, and was yes. it what was that the climate in the country, or was this just a a, a section of people? And uh, what did they excuse me? What did they discover? Well, I, and, and I have to interject here. I'm so sorry, but the story we have on our homepage today um, is about a call for reproductive sovereignty, if you can wrap that around your mind, right, that we take yeah. control of this. And it also has an animation that explains how women can do an abortion, using, getting a medical abortion and administering it by themselves. So how to take a certain medication with an 80% effectiveness rate and administer it themselves, whether abortion is legal or illegal in their country. And I encourage everyone to go there and watch the animation. It's fantastic. Um, A woman by the name of Rebecca Gompers uh, started Women on the Waves. And I don't know if your audience knows about that, but um she began loading up a vessel a ship with 
basically the 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 medication and the other tools that you would need to have an abortion and she <laughs> and she went over to Ireland and sat outside the international border and began to broadcast the information to the women of Ireland about the availability of an abortion. And so, as you can imagine, all hell broke loose. But she continued. Yeah. She's fantastic. There's a new film out called The Vessel. And it's a documentary, and I recommend it to everybody. So she's been on the campaign to make abortion available wherever. And it is from the film about her that we have this um, animation on our website. And then we got somebody else to write a commentary about reproductive health sovereignty. So anyway, yes. So back to Spain because uh, Women on the Waves visited Spain too. And there was a lot of resistance. Uh, you know, people on the dock, uh, you know, holding banners and, you know, protesting their presence, et cetera, having trouble with the government uh, and uh, who uh, said that they, they they couldn't stay where they were, et cetera, and the, what the border of the 12-mile limit was, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that incident was in part responsible for her switching from trying to deliver the services to trying to deliver women the information that they could do it themselves uh, and not rely on. However, and that's scary. I mean, when we talked about it in the staff meeting, we were like, I don't know, this is sort of scary. But on the other hand, not as scary as not having any options at all. So we decided to yeah, put it on. Yeah, so anyway, what can be so scarier I mean, than having a child that you can't care for yeah. or you're not, you know, I mean, that's scary. Yeah. Um, I, just, I, I just need to toss this out, too. Homicide is the leading cause of death of pregnant women, out, you know, not directly related to the pregnancy. So you may need to do that to save your life, I'm just saying. Anyway, so the reporters yeah. spoke about Spain and France, and in Spain... It is the Catholic influence, uh, as it is in Ireland. And and so, as you say, when you talk about abortion, you have to talk about birth control, too, because they're called conservative, but actually, I don't know what, I think that's a misnomer. Uh, I think, (laughs) you know, I don't know whether we we could call them misogynist or religionist or, uh, you know, something that's more accurate than conservative, because conservative says, well, yeah, we want to conserve our money, we want to conserve our planet, we want to conserve our freedom, uh, we want to, right? There's a lot of things we want to conserve. Uh, sure. Women want to conserve their health. So yep. Uh, yep. It's, not, it's not conservative. It's, uh, it's uh, religiosity, it is right wing, it's anti-freedom, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is, it is not conservative. So, yes, there is the immediate threat in Spain has passed, but the the last act our reporters did was take photographs of a huge protest in Spain demanding, you know, repeal of the abortion law. So it hasn't gone away. And again, in France, it's more liberal, but there's efforts to rein it in. And at the same time, the uh, facilities are inadequate, et cetera, et cetera. So France is more ambivalent. And I think everybody is ambivalent about abortion. Nobody really Absolutely. is going Right. So France is no. more ambivalent, but... If if you start to say, but wait a minute, we teenage girls need menstrual pads to go to school, so they need education and, and resources about that. And let's just start right there and say, okay, they need education and they need the information about what uh, what is proper touching and not touching and the consequences 
of uh, early sex and uh, what you can do about that and uh, testing for sexually transmitted diseases. And women in the United States are the largest growing population with HIV AIDS. What? Ooh, yeah. I didn't know that. What? Oh, yeah. And, and the largest killer of women in Atlanta, Georgia, and I just happen to know this specific case, for the largest killer of women in Atlanta, Georgia, between the ages of 18 and 35, which, are, as you know, the years that if we're going to have a baby, it's probably during those years, between 18 and 35, the largest killer is AIDS. Oh, my God. Oh, I haven't my God. And I've gotten uh, a couple of press releases in the last week or two, and one of them is from the Elton John Foundation. And, you know, it's an epidemic among women. Well, we're not going if they went in for an abortion, they would have a blood test, and they would know. Yep. And, yeah, and as, as uh AIDS now is in the U.S. is considered a chronic disease, so it can be cared for, but you have to have the care. Yeah. Well, and that care costs money. It costs big money. Uh, yeah, and Georgia, as it turns out, did not expand med- uh, Medicaid. Did not. Okay. Did not. Hmm. Did not. Did not. Oh, boy. So the resistance you know, to I, yeah. Yeah. So let's yeah. go back to, you know, the Affordable Care Act gives all this uh, funding and et cetera for uh, reproductive health and, and you know, prenatal care and, uh, you know, more more than we currently have. And that yeah. may explain some of the resistance. To the Affordable Care Act, yeah, and I, you know well, why? And, but definitely, yeah. Um, yeah. It comes down, I think, for a lot of politicians, at least what I hear is that it comes down to money. That it's going to cost too much, the state too much, blah blah blah. But what does it cost the state? I mean, you can't have you you can't have people dropping dead without it cost you know without the state attempting to do something. I mean, surely there's costs for not providing reproductive health. As well. Um, well, when yeah, well, you know, so, there you go. I mean, and then and the ACA completely funds the the first several years. I forget the precise details uh, of the expansion of Medicaid and why they don't want low income people, women, men, children, to receive medical care. Yeah, they're more likely to be productive workers. That's just the bottom line, right? They're just more likely, if they get care early, to need less care later, et cetera, et cetera. So the economic argument makes no sense, as we all no. know. Uh-uh. Um, so, I, yeah. I, what? You're against women receiving prenatal care? What? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Wait a minute. You what? wanted to have the baby, you know. You, well, under certain circumstances, you want to have the baby. You wanted to have the baby as long as she's not too young, as long as she's not on welfare, and you wanted to have the baby um, as long as she doesn't have too many of them. And then, you, but you don't want it to. Have, <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, you know. I mean, every little girl that's born, they should just slap instructions on her hand. This is what you need to do: uh, be socially acceptable and socially supported. Yeah, and here's you the know. list of our impossible demands. And the list of things that we're not going to help you with. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly right. We want you to pump out babies, but only under certain circumstances. And if you pump out a baby other than those circumstances, then you're a slut or you're, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just like, oh, Lordy. Um, I, I have to say, though, in all fairness, I, I think that, you know, I, I mean, just to throw in the, the caveat here and to cover my bacon, uh, men also can often get a, a rough 
deal. Um, men don't have babies, so that's not their rough deal isn't in this area. But you know, some t- society d- tends to do this to its members, and uh, we as women have that whole reproductive chunk where we're the only ones they do that to. So I'm just throwing in the caveat, men. You don't have to call me. I know that sometimes you get a rough deal too. Okay. <laughs> but they, first of all, let's just talk about the massive incarceration of black men. Oh yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, and leaving the black women, African American women in the community to handle everything by themselves, and I, and including bringing in money to care for the family. You know, one of these days, I want to do a show on um, uh, black women and reporting domestic violence. I'm going to write that down for my tickler file because there's the the whole sociological, um, you know, there's there's guilt and everything involved with that, and and not having that in my experience, I don't know, um, you know, exactly how that works. So I'm going to do a show on that, Rita. Yeah, I'm, and I'll I'll try to get yeah uh, help you line up some really because it's a huge dilemma. You're going to yeah. call the police. Uh, call the police on the man you love. Will he live through the experience? Exactly. You know. Exactly. Oh, you know. Oh, will you be arrested too? Yep. Well, all yeah. women have to worry about that, no matter what their That's their it. racial background. Um, well, you know, might between be that and the, it might you know. be more vulnerable to being arrested. Yeah. Could be. Could be. I haven't yeah. seen those studies. I haven't seen any statistics on that. But it would make uh, it would be logical. Okay, so we're talking about Spain and France and reproductive rights, but we've got a whole slew of countries um, which Spain and France would be, you know, considered wildly liberal compared to. Um, I'm thinking of the Middle East. You know, what what is uh, reproductive health and just health care in general like for women in some of these really repressive Middle East countries, Rita? Well, I want to turn your attention to Latin America. Oh, okay. Oh, yes, because I would say in the Middle East, it varies, but it's it's not a, a political uh, topic as it is uh, in Latin America where women are in jail for having an abortion and doctors are in jail for performing an abortion. And, again, uh, I you know, I was raised Catholic, so I have to mention that it, it is the Catholic heritage that um, these nations' laws and practices reflect. And um, it's quite alarming. There's been a couple of major cases brought before the International Court of 14-year-olds who were pregnant and wanted an abortion because it was a terrific danger to their health and and um you know whatever the outcome was it just it doesn't really change the nation's practices or its law there is some movement however uh toward um recognizing that that might not be the best way nicaragua no exceptions no exceptions and wow yeah, no exceptions. Maybe I'll repeat that. No exceptions. <laughs> and <laughs> and if a woman shows up at the hospital with indications that she tried to do it herself and as such she perforated her uterus or is hemorrhaging or one of the or has a infection, etc. Jail. Well, the, the, honestly, that, hasn't that happened? I'm forgetting the state, but there are some women who, there's a woman, uh, a notorious case where a woman had a miscarriage and they, she's in jail right now. Yeah. I wish I could remember the, the, United, state. the United States. Yes, that's right in the United the, States. That, that's a wonderful yeah. state of Kansas. Kansas. That's Kansas? Oh, yes. Dorothy and Toto, what happened? Um, I mean, really? Really, yes, that happened in Kansas. It was the same week that they uh, tried to the laws that would permit retail establishments to refuse to serve gay couples. That was the same week. 
Also okay. in Kansas. I thought that was Indiana that did that. Oh, yeah, they did too. Oh, okay. They, All right. But they, they, they got a lot yeah. of publicity on theirs. Yeah. Um, call, we just had a caller drop off. Please call back, 646-378-0430. 646-378-0430. And, Rita, I just want to throw out another caveat. You and I are talking about reproductive rights and abortion as a right. I mean, I think that's coming across. And I would just like to point out that, you know, I understand that there are plenty of feminists who are not um, comfortable with abortion and the idea of having um, uh, abortion available. So if that's one of, you know, I mean, I don't, I, I, you feel free to call in. I'm not going to bite your head off. I, I can certainly empathize. I know when my daughter was young, she asked me my thoughts about abortion, and I said I think abortion is horrible, awful, and terrible, but unfortunately sometimes the horrible, awful, and terrible option is still the better option. So that's my personal feeling about abortion. So I'm not going to bite your head off if you want to call in and, and uh, um, you are not in favor of having uh, abortion availability um, around the world. I, I, you know, I mean, that's your opinion and you're entitled to it and, and you're still welcome to make your comments. Um, Rita, I want to talk about another issue besides reproductive rights that's, that's happening in the world. It's been, what, 20 years since the United Nations uh, status on women in Beijing came forth with some, some ideas and some platforms for action. And gosh, we're pretty much right there where we were 20 years ago around the world um, when it comes to psychological research and uh, when it comes to employment, when it comes to education, when it comes to poverty. Um, what, what, have we, what progress have we really made in the last 20 years around the world when it comes to conditions for women? I, I think we've made enormous progress, um, not as much as we would like. But the um, first of all, the awareness and the fact that more girls are going to school, just that one thing is really significant. I think there's more emphasis and, and appreciation that you can't do anything about the uh, environment and you can't do anything about reducing poverty without involving women. And the resolution 1325, women have to be at the peace table. It's honored in its breach, but it's there. And it wasn't there before. And that's huge. I think the recognition of rape as a a tool of war has occurred in the last 20 years. Um, The focus on rape against women. We have a great piece on our website about women in India after the horrific rape of the woman who went out to see a movie and got on a van with her boyfriend. And, um, oh, yeah. And, yeah, that was... So that was horrific and the the piece on our site cites two different examples of women fighting back and pressing charges against their assailants. That's enormous that the women of India are fighting back because I believe that rape was just totally acceptable. And now not yeah. so much. And yeah. and good. Yeah. Yeah. So there are the feminists in uh, China are in jail, but the fact is that there are feminists in China who uh, orchestrated a bunch of street protests and, and otherwise, and it, it's um, exciting that there there's a feminist movement in China and we know that historically women in, in China have been, um, let's just say, not treated so well, despite whatever the promises were. Um, so that's exciting. I think the fact that ISIS 
and uh, similar ultra-Islamic uh, sex and violent sex are focusing on on violence, but clearly enslaving women and uh, raping women, and etc. There, and one of the pieces that we did from France was about how ISIS was um, uh, seducing young women to leave their families using social media. And they get there and they're 14 years old and, you know, they're married off or required to work in the kitchen or whatever. So um, I think that's an extreme example that the world is paying attention to. And... They're like, oh my God, uh, that's sort of the flip side of of women's rights, and here we see it in extremis of what some people would would prefer, and uh, I I think that just as the women in India are pushing back, the women throughout the region, and we don't hear so much about it, but one of our twenty one leaders has written about it, um, Nina, and sorry. The women there are pushing back. They're educated. Um, they have resources. Many have resources. And they will push back. And not, you know, and um, not in, in, in the parent view right now, but it's happening and it will happen. Uh, the women in the U.S. are, uh, I don't know if you saw this map um, that the the all this it was a map of the US and it was uh they colored in every state where women were poorer than men uh in pink and every state was pink. So and you know, what are you gonna say? Money That's is a pink. shocker. That's a shocker, That's Rita. A shocker, I just yeah. <laughs> You know, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, um, women in Africa, many women are not allowed to inherit land. So when their husband dies, they have to marry their brother-in-law or something. Um, So there's, there's, (laughs) you know, I just went to a recent uh, thing that a benefit for a hospital in Kenya, a maternity hospital in Kenya, and they were selling beads, you know, manufactured in Africa. And I'm like, no, uh, what we need women is not to be making beads, although that's a wonderful craft and beautiful. We need them mm-hmm. to have the right to own land. And, yes, exactly. Uh, what are you doing about that? What are you doing about that? So money is big, the the rights of inheritance, but women in the Middle East, they do. They only get one half of the inheritance, but in the marriage, they're not expected to spend any of that to maintain the family. I don't know what really happens, but um, the women in the Middle East are not as impoverished uh, legally as the women throughout Africa. And I think we know, you know, what sex bias does to women's earning capacity. So there you go with money and, you know, legal rights. I would not argue that abortion is a right. It's just a matter of of medical uh, best practices. Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, I mean, even when I was a kid, people, very conservative people who wouldn't even use the word abortion would be, do you save the mother or do you save the baby? Um, you know, I mean, that was the phrase that we used out in the Midwest that the older folks used. I mean, they, like I said, they didn't actually say abortion, but, you know, right. I mean, abortion is nothing new. It's nothing new. Um, you know, Cleopatra had them, didn't she? Um, yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's nothing new, uh, and it has always been considered rather a private thing between you and your um, God, if you will, Um but well, I thought you were going to say you're gynecologist. Yeah, <laughs> no, I go straight to the top. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what about uh, 
um, you know, we talked a little bit about the economics here. What about uh, women um, and employment? Um, are, are women in Europe, I mean, women in Europe are like women here, right? I mean, there's there pretty much any career is open to them, whether it's um, uh, likely or frequently women is irrelevant. Is that a true statement? Well, I don't think we could be quite that broad. When you were talking, I was thinking about Norway, where uh, I have a good friend whose son lives there, is married, and they're expecting their third child. The reason they're having a third child is the support that Norway provides the family, including paid parental leave and good medical care. Yeah. So, you know, um, that, again, like in the United States, it varies from, uh, state to state and community to community, but that, that what they call the the Norwegian model is probably the most outstanding that provides support for the family. And I, I, what can I say? My my good friend, you know, is thrilled that she's able to have three grandchildren and who are well taken care of, and her daughter in law is also well taken care of, and she has time to take care of these three children. Yeah, but where does that money come from? Oil. <laughs> oh, away. okay. All right. All right. Because, yeah. you know, I mean, I'm going back to my model. Okay, if if we have the traditional family unit where one parent works and one parent stays home to take care of the kids, um, okay, so income is being produced by the one parent. But if all of these people, you know what I'm saying? I mean, uh, the the numbers crunching yeah. didn't seem to make sense to me. But oh, okay, so it's just kind of like a a, a wealthy country. So okay, yeah. that makes sense. So we're, we're we're pretty wealthy too. Yeah, it's we are. You, it's where you spend. Well, your money. speak for yourself, Rita. <laughs> I have a stack of bills. <laughs> well, I have yes. a definite pink state. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, as a nation, but, we are wealthy, but yes, the num- the income of the vast majority is shrinking. You're yeah, right. Yeah, I have. I have yeah, my son, you know, I have uh, kids that are at the, you know, leave home and get started stage, and my son keeps explaining to me that when I went to college, it was a certain percentage of the average income was the tuition, and now that's changed like fourfold. And uh, the, you know, hence all the student debt, you know, uh, that that's being accumulated. Yeah. And uh, I, I've been reading these articles about students who paid off their student debt in three years, and almost without exception, they did it by moving back home with mom and dad, so they didn't have to pay rent. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> and it's like that's great if you've got a mom and dad who you know are in a position to have you come back home, but um, not all families are in that position. So I don't know. What about education? Uh, we've talked a little, lot about the finances, but what about education for women around the world? Well, I, the focus uh, in, in most of Africa, and this, you know, I'm, I'm I'm not there, is to open the doors to teen girls, and they call them girls. I would say female teens, and yeah. it's been. Um, a difficulty because, as I mentioned, the lack of sanitary napkins and of sanitary places where um, young girls, uh, teens, can deal with menstruation. And uh, the the taboo about menstruation is one item, but just the the inability to management menstruation. I don't know about you, but it was a uh, difficulty for me um, mm-hmm. during that period of time. And um, the family needs the girl, the young woman, the female teen home to take care of the other babies. And so people uh, throughout Africa are working hard to tackle all those issues yes you need to uh, if you your girls your 
you're going to be much stronger economically and to persuade the families that their girls need to go to school and should go to school and can go to school. So that's huge. Mm-hmm. In uh, Saudi Arabia and, and many countries, believe it, in, in the Middle East, uh, the uh, the girls go to school. So it's at least the Saudi girls. There's a lot of discrimination against anti uh, people who are not Saudi citizens. That's a and that's true throughout the Middle East. Uh, but those who are citizens have access. In Egypt, on the other hand. Um, they, the infrastructure is so weak that births are not registered. So it's hard to know exactly who is, you know, who is and who isn't going to school. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and so, and I would say throughout Latin India, there's a lot of difficulties. Bangladesh. Uh, but gradually, uh, and as I mentioned, people, uh, the women pushing it back, uh, India values education so highly uh, that that women participate not at the same level as women in the U.S., but uh, a very high rate. Japan a bunch of discrimination against women in education in Japan. So again, you know, it's it's community by community. The major theme is, generally speaking, women are not encouraged to pursue education. A lot of people are working on that issue. Of the Cairo Conference of 1995, they even with the Vatican's backing, they got this uh, statement approved that the best way to control uh, population is to send women to, and girls to school. That the more uh-huh. education women, teen girls, girls and women have, the fewer babies they have. I don't know. I don't know if it's a, a correlation or a cause. I, I think that, um, you know, at some point it doesn't really matter whether it's a correlation or a cause. At some point you can kind of say, this is what happens. <laughs> yeah. So let's keep doing this. <laughs> Wait a minute. What if, about if, eight... I, if I send this child to school, she'll be able to make more money and mm-hmm. have a better life and maybe even uh, have fewer children. Well, not everybody thinks that that's a good idea. But if you think that that's yeah. a good idea, then, yeah, send her to school. Yeah. What about Asia? We've talked about Europe. We've talked about Latin America. We've talked about the Middle East. What about Asia? What about the status of women in China and, um, you know, the other Asian countries? Well, um, you know, it's, it's again, the, the broad brush. And, and when you say, when you said Asia, uh, what I thought of, of Nepal, uh, which mm. so many, <laughs> you know, and, and you know, if you talk about Nepal, you're not talking about Tibet. Uh, and again, but Nepal has a huge problem with uh, sex trafficking. Basically, there's a highway that leads from uh, Nepal down to the sex trafficking capitals of India, which, as you know. So in India, there's complete villages in which the daughters are trained to be sex workers. That's the, their expectation. Um, so <laughs> there's a lot of sex trafficking in India, but they but there is also this highway that comes down from Nepal and to the sex uh, trafficking centers. Um, I think. It's not it's not like that in Japan. Uh we don't know so much about what goes on in China, but the women who are in jail were protesting domestic violence and the acceptance of uh men beating their wives in public. So China's a big country and you know, what about uh eastern Russia? 
and Mongolia. I don't know anything about what's going on there, which is separate from, you know, the Western influence, the European Russia. So there you go. Rita, we have a we have a caller, okay. Rita, that I want to take real quick before we run out of time. Hello, caller, are you there? Hello, caller. Actually, actually, I am here. I just wanted to say what a great job Rita's doing with uh, Women's E News and the incredible articles she does. And I just wanted to tell her I appreciate her and what incredible work she's done. Well, thank yeah. you. And you're calling from where? Um, I'm from Denver, Colorado. I thought I recognized that that uh, area code. Uh, <laughs> yeah, isn't it a great publication? I mean, I go there. I, I, I can't say I go there every day, I mean, but I sure go I there frequently. Too. I just think it's yeah, so educational, it's, and it hits every avenue, every women's issue that can possibly be out there, and it shows you the world and what's going on in the world, and I just think it's incredible. So just wanted to congratulate her for her hard, hard work. Well, Thank there you. you go, Rita. Thank you. And donate, <laughs> Thank you so much, caller. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, caller, can you think of a question or an area of the world that I might have missed asking about? Oh, man, I think you did a good job. You do a great job yourself. <laughs> oh, yes. thank you so much. Well, thanks for yeah, calling yeah. in, keeping, and sure, uh, don't forget that you can access all the programs through the archive on the webpage, um, okay, and you can listen do. to them whenever you want. So uh, thanks right. for calling, and uh, keep listening, okay? Thanks, Heather and Rita. Okay, way to go. Okay, okay thank bye-bye. you. So, Rita, what? Uh, yes. kudos for you. See, see how many lives you touch. It's, it's amazing, really. Um, thank you. Okay, so in Asia, we're not so sure. What areas of the country or of the world have we not have we not addressed at all, Rita? Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, I think the main thing, uh, it, it doesn't matter where you go, the the discrimination exists. It takes in different forms, but there are certain themes such as control of reproductive health, uh, violence, whether you're in the Congo and there's conflict and rape or just in China, wife beating in the street and certainly in the U.S. as well. I would not pick out I would not claim that the U.S. was better or or worse than any other nation. Um, And the fact that certain nations have found strategies and funded strategies that make women's lives better and they have come to the conclusion that it makes the overall nation better. Um, Rita, one of the things that we didn't talk about are countries that are doing it well. And I have no, to tell no. you, I visited Iceland a few a few months ago. I was so just going to Iceland. <laughs> Pardon? So I. I. I just loved Iceland. I'd go back in a heartbeat, um, except they won't let my service dog in. <laughs> but um, it, it just is an amazing country and extremely strong women politically, economically, um, and they really take leadership roles in that country. Um, what do you know about Iceland and what women are doing right there? Well, we have a, a piece on our website that says exactly what you're saying. And if you recall, Iceland has a total economic meltdown. And mm-hmm. it's a little bit like Rwanda after the, and, and, and you know, there was a horrible genocide in Rwanda, and the women said, and all the, so many of the men died, the women said, okay, well, we're just going to have to take charge and fix it, and fix it they have done in, in major ways. Uh, I think it's true, Iceland, didn't, thank God, did not have that kind of carnage, but they had a huge financial meltdown uh, during a 2008-2009, and the women clearly said, okay, this is a mess. We're going to fix it. And hooray for that. So I don't think it should take a genocide, and I don't think it should take a financial meltdown. But the facts are that when the the, the tough gets, the going gets tough, we'll be take charge. And, yeah, exactly. Uh, and, 
you know, I, I, uh, several years ago I was talking to somebody and we were having that kind of a conversation and I said, you know, men just seem to have to, um, you know, the, women just move in and get it done. And I said, as an example, I said, you know, Mrs. Lincoln probably said, oh, for God's sake, Abe, just give me the back of the envelope and I'll write the damn speech. You know? <laughs> 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 because I think that, you know, I, I think in a lot of cases that's what it is, you know. And it's always amazing to me the resources that women are able to rally in order to do something. A um, hundred years ago, uh, when I first graduated from college, I worked for a Girl Scout Council. I did PR for Girl Scout Council in Ohio. And because of that, there were meetings with Boy Scout people, Right. And it always amazed me because you could sit at a meeting with the the men and you'd say, okay, well, we need a new roof on the such-and-such cabin uh, at the camp. And the men would say, okay, I'll contact so-and-so. He should be good for this much money. I'll contact that one. He should be good for that much, you know, blah, blah, blah. You'd go to the same meeting with the women and you'd say, okay, we need a new roof for the cabin. And they'd say, okay, I'll organize the bake scale. I'll do the daycare. I'll save the yogurt containers. I'll do the, you know... <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> it was such a, a a different feel, but it was definitely you know get in there and take charge. Rita, we've only got so four minutes left. It's the right time for me to say donate now. Go online and support Women's E News. <laughs> oh yes, right, absolutely, okay. absolutely. Organize a um, for Women's E News. Exactly, exactly. Um, you know, and, and sometimes I get impatient when, you know, thinking of things that, that uh, small of a scale. But you know what? Sometimes it works, you know. that That's what makes yeah. it work. Little by little, piece by piece, person by person, that's how we get things to work. And that, I think, explains the success of places like Kickstarter and GoFundMe. And, and what was the one you used for your uh, report uh, on Spain and Catapult? Was it? Yeah. Catapult, Indi- yeah. Indiegogo? Uh, well, and catapult. It, may, it may have been, no, I think you're right. I think it was Catapult. Yeah, um, but I think that, you know, it's that where we can each do a little bit and and be part of something big, you know. I mean, that's what makes such a difference. So, okay, well, we are tw- 20 years down the road uh, from uh, the uh, U.N., United Nations World Conference on the Status of Women, and they said there that what they wanted the world to focus on was making women fully and equally participants in the political, civil, economic, social, and cultural life of this world. And it sounds like we're on our way. Lots of lots of glitches there and lots of uh, um, you know roadblocks, but we're getting there and we're making progress, at least in your opinion, right, Rita? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, that piece on our website about the women of India, it's just wonderful. Yeah. Well, and I was mentioning to you off air, uh, Rob Oaken, who's a friend of our show, um, he does a lot with um, um, men and feminism, men who support feminism. And he's an author and he uh, does a a, a periodical. And uh, he just came back a few months ago from a world conference in India India on uh, men and the role of men in feminism. So it sounds like India is stepping right up to the plate. Well, they're trying. They're trying. Good. Good. They they need to after some of the, the stuff that's gone on there. So, yeah. well, Rita, once again, we have covered and done a wonderful show, I think, on, on an update on the status of women. And um, we are happy and honored to have you come back anytime. And, and like I said, what I'd like to do is to have you and Rob on the same, same show so that you can talk about feminism in general, both men and women, and what we're doing, what each gender is doing around the world to promote equality and opportunity. I always end the show with a quote, and I hope you like this one, Rita. You know, so many of the quotes that I found about women had to do with male-male relationships, and that's, you know, although that's certainly an important part of life, that's not something I wanted to focus on. So I finally found this quote, and I hope you like it. If you want something said, ask a man. If you want something done, ask a woman. And uh, I think... I think you're a great example of that, Rita, because you went out Thank and you. you did it. And uh, I think that the publication that you've come up with, Women's E-News, and you can just Google it, and I have it saved to my desktop. 
I just click on it. Uh, every time I open my computer, I just click on it and see what's new. Um, wonderful you. publication. And I, I thank you for your, your vision and foresight and uh, uh, sticking with it and, and producing such a, an, an homage, really. Um, next week, we're going to do a show on rape kits. You remember hearing about rape kits and a huge backlog, and actually there are some states that are making quite a, a good step in getting those rape kits uh, caught up to date. Some states, not so much. Some states, for example, are charging rape victims to process their own rape kits. So it's an issue, and uh, what what can I say? We're going to talk about that next week on Three Women, Three Ways. Don't forget that you can uh, access us anytime on our archives at www.com. Or what did I say? www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash three women three ways. Thank you for joining us. Join us next week. Thank you so much for asking me to be a guest. Thank you. You're welcome. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.